Welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. This is another interview episode of the Human Technology Podcast. I had uh, Olivier Croix on the show. He is Head of Automotive at MyScript. What he is doing there, what MyScript is doing, what kind of, what I think is a pretty, pretty exciting technology. Um, that is something we talked about in this interview. He also talked about his background, why he is uh, there, where he is today. And uh, he also gives us insights into his vision on future mobility, on uh, what the Paris city mayor um, changed in Paris uh, the day we did the interview, and uh, his view on how mobility will be in the future. Today I am having a, from my point of view, a pretty pretty exciting guest uh, because he's almost he almost feels like a good old friend of mine. It's Olivier Crow of uh, MyScript. Um, he will talk a bit about himself and about his company, about the technologies he is having there, and um, I will also ask him about his view on on future automotive HMIs, what he is thinking. So um, Olivier. Um, thanks that you are on the show. It took a bit of time to to come together, but uh, we managed it at the very end. And um, well, welcome to the Human Technology Podcast. Thank you, Peter. Um, well, yeah, thanks for inviting me here. Uh, definitely happy to uh, be in this podcast, but yeah, I'd prefer to have that face-to-face, -face, obviously. <laughs> Definitely, yes, definitely, yes. It's always fun meeting you somewhere and, and having a face-to-face -face talk. That will be possible in the future. I'm absolutely positive about it. Okay, so first question. Um, I'm always interested in the humans and, and the people that are in front of me. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you? What brought you to the point where you are today? Um, what are the drivers? What, what makes you stand up every morning? Okay, that's an interesting one. Um, I might go back to far back, let's say, to my, to my origins. Um, my grandfather on uh, my uh, mother's side uh, used to import cars in the West Indies. So that's a start. That's the first link with the uh, automotive. Um, my grandmother on my father's side, and I did say my grandmother, Uh, started a machine tool industry company in the 50s. Mm -hmm. 
So you can imagine that. I mean, that uh, was quite a lady uh, in the 50s, uh, starting company, uh, made it a large 1,000 plus international company and in machine tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, uh, great lady uh, was awarded uh, all that uh, uh, she could in those days, uh, was uh, made uh, uh, Chevalier de la Légion d'honneur, uh, which is one of the biggest uh, awards you can get here in, uh, in France. And uh, obviously she did give me a industrial background. And when I say her, it's her plus the family because it was a family business. Uh, one of the things that she learned me was uh, to be curious. Um, that it was not a default to be curious, at the contrary. Uh, another thing uh, she learned to me was uh, to not be afraid to ask idiot questions, as they're very often the good ones, uh, the ones that nobody dares to ask. Uh, but today, I'll keep that for you. You ask the questions, and uh, I'll only try and make answers. So uh, to, to go back to uh, my uh, background, my personal background, I'm, uh, I'm an engineer, uh, but I never worked as an engineer. Uh, I've been in sales for the past uh, 30 years, uh, but same here, I would say that I never really sold something. I basically tried to solve problems uh, that my uh, customers would have with the piece of technologies I had in my hands. Um, Then I'm French. I'm French, but I worked almost the entire 30 years international. Uh, So I'm French, but I almost never worked really on the French uh, territory. And then I joined MyScript uh, 13 years ago. And when I joined MyScript, there was no uh, automotive business at all. And I'm today the uh, head of automotive. So um, yeah, a bit crazy guy. Engineer, but never worked as an engineer. Sales, French, never worked really in French. So okay, not that crazy. Uh, Let me uh, refocus a bit. Background is definitely international. Uh, I lived and worked uh, in many places. Uh, I lived in the uh, US, in Germany, Switzerland, uh, in in Cyprus, in the UK. Um, I worked on all those territories, obviously, uh, as well as the neighborhood territories like uh, the Middle East, uh, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, uh, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and so on. Uh, Also worked uh, quite a lot in uh, North Africa, and more recently with MyScript in Asia. Uh, So that's all three, uh, uh, China, Korea, and and Japan. So that's my international uh, background. Business-wise, as I said, I've uh, always uh, worked as an engineer trying to not sell, uh, but in sales and all of that has been in IT. Uh, worked for international groups, uh, worked for tiny startups, um, sold uh, hardware from the 
almost smallest uh, piece of hardware you can have, which are uh, smart cards, uh, all the way to large uh, mainframes. Uh, and that included PCs, servers, ATMs, point of sales, basically you name it, uh, hardware. Uh, a lot of services as well uh, worked on large projects in banking, retail, uh, security markets, and uh, most of the 30 years were in software. And uh, obviously all the time at MyScript, as MyScript is a pure uh, software player. So you tell me, well, okay, uh, what's the link with, uh, with automotive? Uh, there is a link. Uh, it all started uh, not only with my grandfather, uh, but here at MyScript, it started with a small, well, small, with an interesting R&D project uh, started by a, an OEM over 10 years ago. Um, and that's how we pioneered in uh, automotive around handwriting recognition, which is what MyScript does. I'll come back maybe to that uh, if you have some questions on uh, what MyScript does. Um, so it all started with Audi. They were the ones uh, trying out our technology. And I must tell you that in those days, I was really wondering, I mean, why would you need handwriting in a car? It sounded quite uh, not logic, very disruptive. Uh, and I didn't see the point, but they knew what they wanted. And what they wanted was to uh, uh, make it so simple, it would become completely intuitive in the car and totally non-destructive. Uh, so that's, that's how it started. Uh, today, uh, over 10 years uh, after that, uh, we are uh, leaders in this market uh, with over... 15, 15 to 20 million uh, cars on the road uh, powered by, by MyScript. So uh, with all of that background, what can I bring to the automotive? Um, well, machine tool was interesting in the 60s, 70s. Uh, it's an industry that went from a purely uh, manual commands uh, to using uh, numerical commands. So that was a, a bit of software coming into those uh, machines. And it was a revolution for, for the market, obviously. Um, then my personal uh, background in computer business, uh, it was more or less the same thing. In the 90s, uh, all of the OEMs uh, were focused on hardware. Uh, they were selling mainframes, fighting on uh, hardware specs, memory, CPU, whatever. Um, and all of that completely changed late 90s to go to software uh, and services. And basically that's what I'm seeing today for the past years in the uh, automotive. Uh, the uh, motorists, so those guys were on engines, uh, hardware again, are completely shifting and we're today talking of uh, software design cars uh, and services. So yeah, that's basically what uh, took me here. Okay, excellent. Um, you already mentioned MyScript uh, is a software company producing handwriting recognition. 
Can you tell us a bit more about this? What, what is behind this? What uh, is the technology? What is uh, the business model? What are your customers? Where can I use it? Okay, uh, thanks. Thanks for the question. Uh, MyScript, uh, uh, well, we're not a startup. Uh, the company is over 20 years uh, now, and it all started with a uh, academic project Uh, at the time where, I don't know, do you remember the uh, Palm Pilot? No, oh, the Palm uh, Pilot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, um, well, it was a start and you had to relearn how to write uh, character by character. It was a bit complicated, but it was handwriting recognition. And what, what our founders had uh, in their hands uh, as a academic project was already working way better uh, than the graffiti you can find on, on, on the palm. So that's how it started. They said, well, we have something interesting in our hands. Let's go and create a company. And that's how it all started. So my script uh, works on its handwriting recognition. And if you look back uh, to the roots of the uh, technology, it's of course, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, Uh, big buzzwords uh, these days, but that's what we've been doing for the past more than 20 years. So we did pioneer uh, in the handwriting recognition, and we are still today also a uh, leader in the global handwriting recognition with over 500 million uh, end users uh, who use our, our technology. Uh, we don't do that on our own, obviously. Uh, we work through uh, very large uh, partners, in most cases, uh, large OEMs and some uh, ISVs, so some software houses as well. Um, my script is French, uh, based in, uh, in Nantes. Uh, when I joined, we were 2025. Uh, we're today 120 uh, people. Uh, we remain a technology provider Uh, if you look at the employees, it's mainly uh, PhDs and uh, engineers. Uh, even the sales guys are, are engineers. Um, and uh, we work in, uh, I would say, three main markets, uh, mainly through, through OEMs, uh, which are the um, consumer uh, market, uh, the education market, and the, uh, and the automotive. Um, so where, where can you uh, uh, find us? Uh, well, what do we do maybe, first of all? It's, it's not OCR. It's not OCR. Uh, what we use is any handwriting you can uh, collect from a touch surface. Uh, so it's the real strokes uh, of what you uh, write. And that gives an additional degree on top of just an image because you have the history of the drawing, I would say, of your handwriting. And that's how you can get to a high uh, accuracy. Uh, we do text uh, recognition. Uh, that's the origin of the company. And then we went to do some other things like uh, uh, math uh, diagrams, where you can mix uh, shapes and handwriting, uh, and even music. So you can scribble notes and it plays music, let's say. Uh, if we go back to text, uh, we today recognize 72 languages. 
so that's obviously all the uh, Latin uh, languages, uh, but also uh, Cyrillic, uh, all the Asian languages, uh, so Chinese, Japanese, and, uh, and Korean, as well as the uh, right to left languages uh, like uh, Hebrew and Arabic. So it's very large in terms of uh, language uh, coverage. Um, it works on nearly any operating system. Uh, it's uh, mainly embedded uh, on those uh, devices, whatever they are. And uh, we also can run uh, on, in, in the cloud. Uh, the technology, I would say, is quite similar to voice uh, recognition. We uh, uh, try to recognize word and sentences. It's also quite similar in the sense that it's something very natural. Uh, you, uh, well, everybody knows how to write. You don't need to, to learn. And in terms of cognitive power, uh, well, it's, it's just straightforward. You, you, you write as, as you think. Um, so what's interesting, and I'll come back to the uh, automotive use case later on, is that combined uh, with voice, it's something very interesting in a multimodal uh, input method. Um, the use cases for, for handwriting, I would say that there are two main use cases. Uh, one is note taking. Uh, so you can write naturally and then transform that into a Word document, uh, share it with your pairs uh, and so on. Um, it's obviously something which is very user-friendly, more than a PC, like when you're in a meeting, uh, taking notes uh, on a tablet, for instance, uh, I, I think is better for the human relation uh, versus a PC where you have this screen in the middle. Uh, and obviously, it's also uh, something very private. You don't make any noise. Uh, and if you're in a meeting, uh, well, taking notes by voice recognition is not going to be really possible, whereas uh, using handwriting is... Uh, uh, something very, very easy to do. Uh, the other use case, um, and that's close to the uh, automotive, are uh, input methods. Uh, input methods, there are mainly, I would say, two main triggers in the market. Uh, the, the first one are the Asian languages because of their complexity. If you look at... Um, Simplified Chinese, uh, which is a simplified Chinese, so only has a few characters. Uh, we're already talking about 6,000 symbols. And obviously, that cannot hold on the keyboard. Uh, so Asians are used to um, use handwriting recognition on their consumer devices, smartphones, and, uh, and so on. So that's one of the triggers. Because what they have on their consumer device, they want it uh, also in their, in their car. Uh, the other one is um, driver distraction. Uh, I'll maybe come back to that later on. But uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, Audi knew what they wanted. They really wanted something which was so simple, you didn't have to think uh, about it. And with all the safety regulations that we have in the uh, automotive Nowadays, in, uh, in the US, in uh, Europe, and also in Japan, uh, well, there are very few methods you can use once you're driving to interact with your uh, HMI, and handwriting is, uh, is part of that. Uh, 
so where can you find us? Where can you try our technology? Um, well, a bit everywhere around the globe uh, in different form factors. Uh, it runs on smartwatches. Uh, maybe here the best example is uh, the implementation we've done with uh, Samsung on their Gear uh, S3. Uh, smartwatch is quite small. Uh, using a keyboard is not very helpful on a smartwatch and handwriting is just perfect. So you can see the form factor, it's very small. And we go to the biggest screens, uh, touch screens uh, out there. Uh, so interactive whiteboards, uh, for instance. Uh, so you can find us on smartphones, on tablets, on two-in-one PCs, uh, e-readers, more and more on e-readers, um, interactive TVs, cars, and even trucks. So I, I would say the biggest device would be a truck. And it's uh, either embedded or as cloud services, uh, as I said. So the markets, it's uh, consumer devices. Uh, our partners here are, uh, well, big guys. Uh, we're talking about uh, Samsung, LG, uh, HP, uh, Huawei, uh, in the uh, e-readers, uh, Remarkable or, or Kobo, uh, for instance. Uh, so those drive, uh, of course, the big uh, numbers uh, I was talking about. Uh, you can find us in the education. Uh, imagine for a math assessment, uh, being able to directly write a, an integral or a matrix or what, whatever equation uh, versus using a math keyboard, which is uh, quite complex uh, sometimes. So that's also one of our big markets. And in the automotive, and here it's quite large as well. Uh, of course, Audi uh, is still one of our customers. Uh, most of the Volkswagen uh, brands use our, our technology, uh, Porsche, uh, for instance. Uh, but we also work with um, Tesla, uh, with uh, Hyundai uh, Genesis, uh, which is the high range of the uh, Genesis cars. Uh, same with Honda on the uh, Acura cars. Mm -hmm. So it's quite broad. And uh, we also do our apps, which is, I would say, the only way we can have a direct contact with the end user. Uh, so we have two types of apps, uh, well, two apps, one called Nebo, uh, that is for note taking, and the other one called Calculator, uh, which is a calculator. Um, to focus back on the uh, automotive, as I said, there are two main triggers, the uh, complexity of the Asian languages on one side, and the other one, which is safety uh, regulations like uh, uh, NHTSA, uh, which pushes for uh, voice only uh, interface once you're driving. And the um, problem here, and that's what helps definitely handwriting to be in the cars, is one voice doesn't work. We know it cannot work all the time. Uh, you have technical uh, cases like uh, being uh, underground in a parking lot uh, or you don't have 4G or you have a strange accent, whatever. Uh, you also have use cases like uh, your kids asleep uh, in the car, uh, other people in the car, you might not want to talk uh, to the car at that time. Uh, you could be on the phone getting driving instructions, for, the, for example, difficult to speak to both uh, your phone and the car. Uh, 
uh, or simply listening to music or you have the chance to have a nice cabriolet. Uh, and in those cases, it's going to be difficult to have voice uh, to, to work perfectly. So what happens is frustration. Um, it's clear that today there are very little amount of people who open the hood to look at the engine when they buy a car. And here again, it's the demonstration that uh, the automotive business is going from hardware to, to software. What you look at is the, uh, the HMI, the infotainment system. Uh, and when you're driving and you cannot interact with this infotainment system, well, you get frustrated. And even worse, uh, you might take your smartphone, uh, which is going to be very distractive. So here we offer an uh, alternative to, uh, to voice, uh, which uh, works when you're driving. Uh, the idea is very simple. Uh, you have any touch surface, and you have touch surfaces everywhere today in the cars. And you can scribble, if you want to get to Paris, uh, P-A-R. You don't need to look at what you're writing, so you keep your eyes on the road. And then uh, you, you have your, your destination or your contact or, or your music. Uh, so uh, that, that's it. Uh, that's how um, uh, the automotive uh, pushed us uh, to uh, implement handwriting in the, uh, in the cars. As I said, we are pioneers, market leaders, uh, 15 million cars out there, a bit more. And thanks to that, we've proven that it was natural. It was instinctive and non-distractive. Uh, no need to learn, no need to look at what you're writing. Uh, we made it simple. Uh, basically, it's the technology that adapts to the user and not the user that has to adapt itself to the uh, technology. Uh, of course, to do that, we made big uh, R&D efforts. Uh, the first implementations were on character only in the card. So you had to write a character, wait for a timeout, write another character, wait for a timeout. And uh, well, we were asking people not to think. So sometimes they forgot the timeout. Mm. Or uh, they had writing habits like uh, writing hello, H, then E, and then LL linked together and O. Well, if you ask a single character engine to recognize LL, um, he might recognize U, uh, M, but definitely not 2L. So uh, we worked on all that. Uh, rotation as well, because you have the passenger, you have the driver, so there could be an angle uh, when you write. Um, automatic space also. Uh, so today, basically, you can write characters on top of each other or write part of words on top of each other and continue stacking that on top without even thinking, without even needing to put a space between the words. And we do the magic behind. And that's why it works. Uh, it's because it's so simple. Uh, the other reason it works is, uh, as we said previously, well, the hardware is there. Uh, touch surfaces are everywhere in the car. Uh, CPU can run Android, Linux, so obviously they can also run uh, handwriting recognition. So that's um, 
MyScript and uh, where you can find us and uh, why we came to the uh, to the alternative. Yeah, I, I mean, I find this super interesting, particularly. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm aware on how complex Asian uh, written language uh, can be, like Chinese or, I mean, Korean is a little simpler from, from my point of view, but not as simple as a Latin or, or a Cyrillic or Greek uh, character set. Um, and uh, then uh, if you solve Hebrew and, and Arabic, the Bidi languages, uh, I mean, that, that that's a big one. That's always a, I would not say a disaster, but a big problem if you want to implement that. And if you get that one done, um, that, that's, that's really cool stuff. That's it, yeah. And, and, and you mentioned a couple of these um, the use cases that you have and, and the big advantages that you have. Um, if, if you have a look in general at the automotive HMI market beyond what uh, uh, MyScript is doing, how, how do you see the future in cars? What, what can we expect in, in the next years or maybe 10, 15 years from now? Okay. Um, so let's go maybe a bit beyond just uh, HMI here. Um, first thing, and this is what I've been saying from the uh, beginning, is that we're entering into a software design car environment. Um, I remember um, Thilo um, Koslovsky. Uh, I don't know if you've met, he was the... Uh, uh, Gartner's uh, automotive practice uh, founder uh, in the late 90s. Uh, he's not working for Gartner anymore, but uh, I remember one of his speech at uh, CES. I think it was in 2016. And uh, he was saying, uh, data is the new fuel. Algorithms are the new engines. And intelligence is the new house horsepower. Uh, so this for me is definitely the world in which the uh, car industry uh, is now. And the um, software has become the new battlefield uh, for, for OEMs, uh, not only at the uh, infotainment uh, system level, it's everywhere. Uh, you have it in uh, ADAS, you have it uh, at the uh, connectivity level, uh, you have it uh, uh, obviously at the autonomous uh, vehicle level. Uh, so I, I, I think that that's where they definitely have to focus uh, today in the, uh, in the market. And it's also the only way uh, software for them to be able to build new margins. Automotive industry has to invest in so many areas today. I, EV, would it be just EV? Uh, autonomous vehicles, ADAS, connectivity. Um, so, so software is really where they have to focus to be able to find new ways of making money. Uh, it can be, uh, well, Tesla, for instance, with uh, insurance. Uh, uh, Volvo with real-time data from the other uh, vehicles to try and improve uh, security. Uh, of course, predictive maintenance. And I'm not even talking about ads uh, when it's lunchtime and you pass a restaurant. Uh, but all that's part of it. So uh, it's data-driven and software-driven. Uh, now, when I look at a car, well, all that obviously is making things more complex, 
somehow. Uh, I, who, who really knows how the different ADAS features work in a car? And they're on top different from one model or one, one brand to, to another. And autonomous vehicles, same thing here. Uh, who knows exactly the difference between the, the levels? And today we're only with cars at level three on the road. What's going to come tomorrow when you'll have a mix of level zero to four or five? Uh, so for the, for the end user, it's not that easy. And I maybe shouldn't say that, uh, but my car is 20 years old. Mm. Yeah, I, I have one of those as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm myself discovering all those features basically when I rent a car. Uh, so what do we need? We need to, well, make it simple and natural, uh, intuitive. Uh, we need to make this complexity, make this technology disappear. Uh, and that has a lot, of course, to do with, uh, with UX and, uh, and UI uh, de designs. Um, another thing that might happen is that, well, we, we might need training during all our life to understand those different levels step by step. Uh, we might have to go back to school uh, to keep our driving license uh, with maybe help from virtual reality. Uh, so that we can really test, uh, test all those use cases uh, that you cannot really test on the road because it could be dangerous. Uh, so I see those type of things that could come uh, in, uh, in the future. Um, maybe also having, like you have in the States, where you have a driving license for uh, automated car, well, automated cars, automatic shift and uh, manual. Well, maybe tomorrow you'll have a uh, driving license for automated vehicles where you won't have much to do because it will be self-driving and you'll have another one to really drive cars. Uh, so this can happen, but that's okay. Facing complexity and how to try and make it uh, simple. Now, if you look at the cars themselves, well, there's going to be a mix of futuristic cars uh, but also back to the future somehow. I mean, you can see the hype around uh, the small uh, uh, Fiat 500 or the Volkswagen Beetle, all those nice designs. And that makes me also think that there could be a big industry on retrofit of old cars, shifting them to electric. Uh, it's very narrow today as a market, uh, but maybe tomorrow that's going to come uh, because people love old designs uh, and those engines definitely use lots of petrol. So uh, shifting them to electric, that could be something interesting. Um, if we talk sustainability, uh, I think that the cars should be able to upgrade you should be able to extend their life cycle. Uh, why uh, should you need to change a car every five or 10 years? Uh, no, maybe uh, you should be able to change, well, CPU and memory 
would it be just for the infotainment system, uh, but other things as well. Uh, maybe also make them more personal. Uh, it's one thing in terms of HMI, uh, user-centric HMI, uh, which people uh, talk a lot about, uh, but maybe from the outside of the car as well. Uh, a bit do like uh, uh, Harleys, yeah? Uh, you personalize your, your Harley Davidson, everybody does. Uh, so that could also maybe something to make cars more, more personal, especially more and more they become automatic. You need to keep some fun. Uh, and if you cannot drive the car in the future, at least maybe you can make it more personal. Uh, things like solar power. Mm -hmm. I believe this is something uh, which will uh, come. You have the uh, Sona Motors in, the, uh, in Germany, uh, which is one good example. Uh, there's also um, Aptera in, uh, in the US who are doing things around that. And I think this will come also in the, uh, in the future. Um, completely new designs as well. As the car becomes autonomous, uh, well, maybe you can transform it into a kitchen, mm -hmm. into uh, a tiny house. Mm -hmm. So make a mix of tiny house and car, all that together. And I think it's Volkswagen who was uh, showcasing something like that at uh, IAA. Uh, is showcasing at uh, IAA. Um, so these things could uh, uh, come as well. Um, last point is again, back to the future. Uh, when you see the components shortage and you see some uh, clusters uh, that used to be completely digital, but are now implemented with mechanics because the components aren't there. Um, maybe we'll have a mix of, uh, of all of that. Those are the different trends I can see in the, uh, in the market. Yeah, okay. So, cool thing. But I think we agree that uh, the, the automotive industry is moving away from a steel and copper and rubber area or business to a bits and bytes and silicone lines of code kind of business, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, um, I see we are already quite quite a bit behind beyond those uh, 30 minutes that I have uh, for these interviews. Um, one last question. Do you have something you want to give to my listeners, a personal nugget, uh, a personal thought, uh, something that really helped you or that you want to give uh, to, to my listeners? Oh, that's, a, that's a large uh, question. Uh, and uh, in terms of... Um, advice and looking at the future that's uh, more what you do uh, beyond the HMI uh, but okay let me uh, try and say something here um, it's global it's not only the car uh, we're talking of a complete change of uh, the mobility globally with new um, modalities um, Today, by the way, today is the first day that Paris, the speed limit is now 30 kilometers per hour mm -hmm. in the entire Paris. So that, that's a change by itself, uh, 30 kilometers per hour inside Paris. 
Uh, one of the other changes in Paris, and that's what the mayor is uh, targeting for 2026, is to divide by two the number of parking places. That is huge. And uh, she has already started to decrease the number of parking places. So it's the entire mobility here which is moving. Of course, it means that public transportation is going to grow, and that's what we see. It's growing, growing. Uh, there's obviously global global uh, warming uh, in the mind uh, uh, around that. Um, and we all saw the raise of the number of sales of bicycles last year. Uh, it, it's huge. Uh, so all, all that... Is, is coming. And I think that more than just the car industry, it's the entire uh, mobility industry, which is, uh, which is changing. And uh, one of the proofs here is, is simple for me. It's, um, I passed my driver license a few days after being 18. When I look at my kids, the average, I think for, I have three kids. So I can talk of an average, uh, is around 23. And why? Because they've been using other means of uh, transportation. Uh, so I think that's um, something that we need to keep in mind when we talk just about, uh, uh, about cars. Uh, now, maybe just to, to finish on, on, on this, uh, of course, that's not my business. Uh, I'm not here to solve uh, tomorrow's problems. And as I said, that's more up to uh, you guys to uh, try and uh, think to what's going to come in the future. Um, if I look at today and what I'm doing today, I'll, I'll focus on what are the problems that I can solve today in the cars. And here, uh, pushing handwriting recognition to... Uh, help lower uh, driver distraction and offer an in, another uh, interface to voice in the car uh, is definitely what I'm going to try and do during the next coming years. All right, excellent. Thanks a lot. That was, for me at least, deeply impressive. Um, I think my listeners uh, will, will love this interview that we had. So thanks again. Thanks a lot for your time, for th sharing your thoughts and for, for giving me a few more insights. I mean, I, I had the idea that I know you pretty well already, but uh, I learned a couple of new things about you in, in the past 40 minutes. So thanks a lot again. And um, I hope to see you soon face-to-face -face and have a, have a nice cold drink uh, together. Absolutely. Thanks again, Peter, for the uh, invitation. It was a pleasure uh, being here. And I'm definitely looking forward for uh, uh, this nice drink together as soon as possible. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de Tune in next time, take care and stay healthy.